What's up, guys? Welcome to the Twins Take Podcast. We're your hosts, Luke and Jackson Urchie. Twins from Charlotte, North Carolina. Same face, two opinions. We are so hyped for this episode. We have an amazing interview with former head coach of the Davidson men's basketball team, Coach Bob McKillop. We are so excited. Um, Jackson, how's your week been overall? Bro, my week has been incredible. Uh, lots of basketball and watching basketball, so... Football, basketball, getting to play some sports. I love it. Man, that is so true. Um, and we and we just want to we just want to break down a little bit with this interview. Is so Coach McKillop is kind of a hometown hero. Um, he's been coaching the Davidson men's basketball team for a long time. Just retired as of last year, but he created a basketball powerhouse. Um, really, in the NCAA, he's one of the most winningest coaches of NCAA history. And he coached um, the legend Steph Curry um, in college all the way through. So he's an absolute legend, and we are so excited to get to talk to him. Let's take a listen. So, guys, I am so excited to welcome you, the legendary Davidson basketball coach, Coach McKillop. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, Coach, Wonderful thank you. Wonderful to be with you, Luke. Wonderful to be with you, Jackson. <laughs> thank hey, you. We, well, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. I uh, I obviously know that <laughs> you've been you've been at Davidson for a really long time. We've been going to games since we were really little. We wanted to know how your basketball journey started. Where where did you find the love for the game? Uh, in the backyard, in the alleyway of uh, our house in Queens, New York, Uh my dad put up a outdoor basket. It was shared by the entire neighborhood. It was an attached house. So picture this. It's attached houses in a very lower middle class section of Queens, New York. And everyone came and walked by and it just became a gathering place to, to focus for what we did. And uh, I guess I was maybe five years old. And that led to CYO basketball, which is Catholic Youth Organization basketball. Yes, sir. Uh, which I began, I think, in 1956, so I was six. And ever since then, uh, I had a great kinship and love for the game of basketball. Wow, that's awesome. Wow. That's, that's, so, that's so cool. So did you, did you always have a dream of maybe playing college basketball one day, or was it just kind of one of those things that you love doing and um, you just got the opportunity to? Well, I, I grew up in a different time period. College basketball wasn't a dream of a kid growing up in Queens, New York, playing center field for the Yankees or for the New York Giants <laughs> or first base for the Brooklyn Dodgers. That was your dream. It was, it was a very basketball centric, uh, baseball centric kind of a community, especially because in those days, maybe one game a week was put on the TV with basketball, whereas uh, baseball had three different teams in New York, and uh, there were countless games on the radio and TV every day. So um, you, you didn't grow up thinking about or dreaming about even playing high school basketball. I don't think my parents knew there was a high school basketball team. <laughs> That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Yeah. Oh, my Man. gosh. So did you when, – when you, once you got to the college level, were you – did you always know you wanted to be a coach? Or did that just kind of – because of your love for the game, did that just kind of end up being what you did? You, 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 your dream, again, is, is 
as a competitor, you want to be a player and you want to be the best you can be. So in mm-hmm. baseball, it was to play center field for the Yankees. And in basketball, it was to play at Madison Square Garden for the Knicks. Sure, sure. So uh, un- until you exhaust that dream, I, I never looked at this step beyond that. I, I never <laughs> thought about wanting a coach. I never thought about wanting to do any particular profession other than being a professional athlete. Sure. So when I was released by the 76ers in 1972, I uh, had an opportunity as a teacher and coach at the local Catholic high school where I started my coaching and teaching career. And wow. after a year of doing it, uh, I realized the impact that coaches have. I reflected upon my own playing experience and reflected upon what great coaches I had. And I said, you know, let me try this. Uh, and <laughs> and I, I really embraced it and, and liked doing it. Uh, I, I took it on as a, a full-time profession, even though it was only part-time because teaching was my primary occupation. Sure. And um, the longer I stayed in it, uh, the more I enjoyed it, uh, the more I developed relationships, the more I saw the impact that was occurring on the people I had these relationships with. And, and I started to understand that this was a different kind of competition, but it was still competition. Mm. And uh, uh, that excited me. And I, I realized how you can play the game and you could be as good as possible in the game, but coaching the game and teaching the game and, and leading people in the process is a whole new ball game. <laughs> and, and I went through a, a, a tremendous transition uh, from being a player to being a teacher and a coach and a leader. And it took quite a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually to this day, I'm, I'm still learning. So even after 50 years of coaching, uh, I still find myself learning new things about the profession uh, on a daily basis. Sure. So after you um, started your basketball career or coaching basketball and being a teacher, how did you find your way over to Davidson basketball? My last game as a college player at East Carolina in 1969 was against Davidson College in what was the old Charlotte Coliseum, which is now Cricket Arena. And in 1969, Davidson had been uh, gone through a decade in which they were uh, top 10 three different occasions. This particular year, they were preseason pick number four in the country, and they were in the top 10 almost the entire year. They were in the Southern Conference at that time, as was East Carolina. So we we advanced to the championship of the Southern Conference in Charlotte, and that final game was Davidson against East Carolina. (laughs) So I had the the great joy of playing in the old Charlotte Coliseum in front of 11,666 people, packed house, uh, fanatics to Davidson College. Uh, I I knew some of the players uh, from following the league that year, the conference that year. Mm. Uh, And as a result, uh, playing on that court, going through that experience, walking off that court and seeing the adulation that uh, the team, the players had, seeing the the culture that existed that Lefty Drizel had created uh, really opened my eyes to how good Davidson College was as, as as an institution, but also as a basketball program. So that's so when you once you once you found out about Davidson, obviously you knew about them playing against them. Did you did you just 
want to become an assistant there? How did how did you connect with the coaching staff um, of Davidson to start start your journey there? Well, I wanted to coach the Knicks. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> the Knicks didn't know who I was. And I had the great fortune of working in this basketball camp called Five Star. And back in the 60s and 70s, it was a prolific basketball camp, the best, the best in the, in the country, best in the world. And when you work at Five Star, you, you get to work with the best players. Uh, today's players, they go to different AAU events. In the 60s and the 70s, those events didn't exist. So what you did was you went to basketball camp, and the central location for the best players was Five Star. I had the pleasure of working there, the opportunity to work there, met a lot of great players, met a lot of great coaches. And one of the coaches that I met was a guy who I had kind of been a couple of years younger than uh, when I was a college player at East Carolina. His name was Eddie Biedenbach. Eddie Biedenbach was uh, a terrific, outstanding player for the North Carolina Wolfpack, North Carolina State Wolfpack. Went on to play with the Lakers a little bit. I think he actually roomed with Pat Riley and then became a college coach, was an assistant for Norm Sloan at North Carolina State. Uh, They won the national championship, I believe, in 74. He recruited David Thompson. So that was his uh, uh, one of his claims to fame. And uh, Eddie was appointed as the head coach of Davidson in 78, 79. Uh, so he saw me at five star and said, here's this young coach from New York uh, with access to very good players. He's working his great camp. Uh, l- let me see if I can hire him to become an assistant coach for us. And that's how I got the job at Davidson. Wow. So I took the job as an assistant at Davidson in 78, 79. And uh, it-, it was not a great experience from the standpoint of winning and losing. Uh, and uh, I-, I did position myself, though, to get. And even what I thought was a better job as uh, an administrator and a basketball coach at probably the best high school basketball program in New York at that time, Long Island Island Lutheran High School. And I I got a significant pay raise. Uh, So the combination of uh, administration being taken out of the classroom, uh, spending most of my time coaching at such a prestigious high school where it was very important in terms of uh, winning and they gave budget money for that purpose and they had sell out crowds <laughs> and the opportunity to get a, a better paycheck. And it was back in New York where it was a comfort level. Uh, so I took that job and I stayed there for 10 years. And uh, it was in that 10 year period that uh, I, I got to develop more skills as a leader because I moved from being an administrator to being the head of the school, the headmaster mm. of the school. And, and that, get you into a situation which you learn to not just lead a basketball team, but you have to lead a, a, a team of co- uh, coaches, a team of staff members, a team of faculty, a team of administrators, an actual team of the entire school. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I was tested in so many ways and uh, found that experience to be incredibly profitable for me. And in the process, also had a chance to coach some s- superb players, uh, I think the one that had the most success in the NBA was Bill Wennington, who oh, played wow. the Chicago Bulls, and uh, it was a first-round pick of Dallas. Uh, eventually, finished his career with the Chicago Bulls, <laughs> where he won three NBA championship rings. And uh, I, I had a lot of college coaches come and watch our practices, so my development uh, in terms of relationships with college coaches was really enhanced by being the coach of a very significant program in New York. Wow. That's absolutely crazy. 
So once you, how did you find your way back to Davidson after you um, went back to the old high school after producing that many um, great basketball players? Like what led you back to Davidson after that? You know, I was very lucky again that I had uh, had spent the one year at Davidson and made some very good friends in the process. Sure. And uh, even the players on the team became very good friends of mine. Uh, so, Interesting. you know, you never know when you're going to have an impact or have an experience that has an impact on your life. And sure. that was such an impact. Uh, the one year we spent here, uh, Kathy and I had a terrific year. It was uh, just splendid in terms of the people we met, and particularly some very uh, important Davidson people. Uh, so the opportunity came my way from Davidson. Davidson actually called me and asked me to interview for the job. And it's, it, it, there's a lot of luck involved. Uh, Davidson had been struggling at that point in basketball. Uh, they had not gone to the tournament, but one time in the past 20 years or eight, 15 years, they had fired coach after coach after coach. And they were looking for a, a way to turn the program around, but had not found a solution. So the current, the coach at University of Virginia, Terry Holland, who was also an outstanding Davidson player and an outstanding Davidson coach before he went to Virginia, uh, pressed upon the committee and said, you know, when I played at Davidson, I played for Lefty Drizel. And Lefty Drizel came from high school. Lefty mm -hmm. Drizel took a high school job in Norfolk where he was very, very prominent and came right from high school to okay. Division I Davidson. So they took a page out of Lefty's book. Terry Holland did that. And uh, they offered me the job as uh, moving from high school to Division I basketball. And uh, I was uh, just overjoyed to get an opportunity to get this position as division one head coach that's awesome that's a, that's really an amazing story um and obviously you've had you've had a ton of success at davidson how did how did when you found um steph curry did you did you ever think he would have the success that obviously he's had with the warriors like when did you know he was going to be just an excellent player well, I knew very clearly he was going to be an excellent player because uh, we recruited him and gave him a scholarship and we did it very aggressively despite him not being recruited at a very high level by many schools. And yet we had tremendous trust and faith and confidence in Stefan because of what we saw. He checked every box. Yes, mm -hmm. he could shoot it. Yes, he could handle a basketball. He was thin. He was frail. He was weak, uh, uh, baby-faced. But yet he checked every other box in terms of character, in terms of work ethic, in terms of toughness, in terms of uh, wanting to be coached, in terms of being a great teammate. And checking those boxes is critical for the recruiting process for us at Davidson. And, and we decided to offer him. So he comes on campus as a freshman. And I, I would say maybe a month on campus, I was overwhelmed by the basketball IQ, uh, the coachability, uh, the teamwork that he represented in individual workouts, uh, three-man workouts. And I was so overwhelmed by it. <laughs> I, went to our, I went to the first meeting of our, our all of our boosters, our alumni group in Charlotte in October of Stefan's freshman year. And I said, uh, you know, we had gone to the NCAA tournament the last year. We were very mm. good. We graduated seven seniors. I, I think we got something really special, and I think Stephen Curry is going to go down in Davidson history as one of the greats ever to play the game. 
Now that's that's like a month and a half into uh, his presence on our campus without even playing <laughs> in full practice, without even playing in a full game. Uh, he impressed me that much. And uh, I, I think to this day, you can see all those things that we as a coaching staff saw in Stefan when we recruited him, but also in those opening weeks of the school year uh, have, have really blossomed and have set him apart from so many others that have played the game at the professional level. What was it like um, coaching a team to the Elite Eight that year when you had Curry as just an absolutely um, game changer for that team? And obviously that team was amazing, but what was it like taking a team to the Elite Eight back then? I think about that team often, and uh, it it triggers uh, some very special memories because of the relationships that develop and because the way that group was a team. uh, Extraordinary chemistry existed, role-playing, understanding roles, sacrificing to bring the reward to the team. Uh, It was a very special group. They fought through significant adversity, being down double digits against Gonzaga, being down double digits against Georgetown, uh, having to win the Southern Conference Championship just to get the bid. And and it was a team that fought through every obstacle, and it gave every coach on our staff tremendous confidence. And we we were clearly at peace as a coaching staff because of the way the team worked from start of the season to the end of the season and the way it prepared and the way it played as a team. Did uh, did that team and just the town of Davidson, did that really make you want to stay at Davidson forever? I mean, like, that Davidson is such a special place. Did you know once you had that team that you really never wanted to leave, that you wanted to finish your career at Davidson? Well, you always look at elsewhere and you think the grass is greener. Sure. Uh, maybe the, the paycheck is more hefty. Maybe the stage that you play on is a bigger stage. Uh, but what, when you leave a place like this, you leave some things that are incredibly special that you're not going to find anywhere else. And you can't manufacture it. You can't create it. It's indigenous to what Davidson is. Uh, our family had uh, developed here throughout the 90s and, and into the 2000 time period. So for uh, 16, 17 years, we were here, 18 years, and uh, why mess with happiness? And mm. we were incredibly happy, and uh, I, I didn't have any second thoughts whatsoever about staying here and passing on some other opportunities. It was not a, a question that was long debated in my mind. How crazy was it when y'all, after the year y'all went to the Elite Eight, y'all moved up to the eight ten. How crazy was it with the success you had the year after after Curry left and y'all were still just a crazy good team? Well, we were good, but uh, we we did not uh, move to the 8-10 until about five years later. Oh, sure. Mm. Yeah, it was 2013 when we moved to the 8-10. And the, 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 the prognosticators, the predictors, the, the people that, uh, you know, are making – expert analysis of what's going on said we weren't going to win a game. We were stupid to move from the Southern to the A-10. Uh, I, I think we proved them wrong as in the first year in the A-10, we, we won a regular season title and did advance getting Davidson's first ever at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. That's, that's amazing. That is definitely for sure. And actually something I've always found, found really interesting about um, the program you've had at Davidson was 
if you kind of look at the roster, you there was always guys from Italy or Switzerland or South Korea or just all over the world. Was was recruiting internationally always um, a plan? And how how did you decide that's how you wanted um, to recruit at Davidson? I was very lucky in a high school situation to be exposed to international prospects. Right. Uh, so uh, it, it was 1979 when I coached Bill Wennington, and you, you probably don't notice, but Bill Wennington's international. Bill Wennington is Canadian. Oh, wow. He's from, he's from Montreal. Uh, so I had that first exposure. Then I had a couple of boys from Italy that really opened up the floodgates because it gave me numerous opportunities to do clinics abroad in the 80s. And I would do two to three clinics a year, whether it might have been Greece or Spain, uh, Sweden or Italy, wherever it might have been. And you build your network of friends and connections who are so uh, important in the world of recruiting. And, and I found that my Rolodex of contacts and particularly um, trusted, closely related contacts expanded tremendously in the European marketplace during the 80s. So when I came to Davidson, my first recruit actually was Detlef Musch from Fulda, Germany, who wow. played for me in high school, but he was the first recruit. And I want to say that uh, that first recruiting class also, second recruiting class had Janko Narit, who came from Slovenia. And little by little, we started to add the pieces. And there was one time, I believe, where we started maybe four international, Chris Pearson from England, Martinez from Czech, Michael Bree from Ireland, and Emeka Arege from Nigeria slash Germany, those are four of our starters with Wayne Bernard from California. Oh. You might consider California an international <laughs> too. So you had uh, a significant presence, and it wasn't just filling a roster spot. They were making a major impact on our program. Did you did you ever have any crazy um, recruitment stories of having to go to going to countries and not knowing how to speak the language? of the families or was it, was it always pretty um, easy going to different countries? There are a lot of countries I went to where I couldn't speak the language to. <laughs> they couldn't speak the language to the waiter and waitresses. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I was greatly assisted by uh, friends on the ground. So sure. uh, if I, if I went to Italy, I would have a former player with me. Uh, an Italian player, because I coached so many Italians during mm. the 1980s in high school, and, and they'd assist me in the process. Interesting. Uh, when, I, when I went to Sweden, uh, Kenny Grant, one of our players, uh, was from Sweden, grew up in Sweden. Uh, obviously, England, you'd had no problem with that, but uh, Germany, uh, I had Detlef Mosch, uh, my former college roommate, was a pro coach in Germany. So I, I had access to just wonderful relationships who facilitated the process of recruiting. And uh, the, the language barrier never became an issue because why would I recruit somebody if there was a language barrier? How is he going to succeed at Davidson College? Sure. So they had to have an understanding of the language. Uh, perhaps the one that we had a difficult time with understanding the language uh, was uh, Young Jun Lee, who came <laughs> from Seoul, South Korea. And, and that was... A problem only because his mom and dad didn't speak any English whatsoever. Okay. And we had to depend upon translation every time we had any kind of communication with them. Wow. That's absolutely crazy. But he How, still came to Davidson. Yeah, <laughs> he still he did, had a marvelous career. How, this is my, um, 
this is just really interesting to me. It's the last one, but um, how cool is it to be able to watch your son coach at Davidson after you retired? It's a, it's a great source of pride to me and to Kathy to see how well he's adjusted, how the, the obstacle he's overcome of uh, being uh, the son of the former coach. Sure. Uh, not easy. It's, it's not easy as all, at all. And plus, the, the winning that had occurred while, while I was the head coach uh, set a standard of excellence that is pretty high bar to, uh, to get over. So he's been challenged by following his father, but also by the quest for excellence. And he's done a marvelous, magnificent job. Uh, it's, it's a joy to watch him coach and to see him have his impact on the players he has and continue to put the fingerprints on the program like he did when he was a player here. And he was a superb player for us. Well, Davidson is definitely in amazing shape for this season, and we really cannot wait to continue watching them. Thank you so much, Coach McKillop, for taking the time to be with us. We really, truly appreciate it. Thanks, Luke. Thank you, Jackson. Yeah, thank you so much. We absolutely appreciate it. Wow, that was really, really cool. I mean, what a blessing um, to interview one of the greats. Jackson, what did you think of his life story? Man, I thought it was crazy that um, it didn't really matter – where he went, he always ended up back at Davidson, and I truthfully find that it's crazy to find a place like Davidson where he can always f call it home. Yeah, I mean, he had so many ups and downs throughout his career, but the one thing you were able to see was, first of all, he was consistent. He was always striving to make his team really, really strong, which you were able to see on what the run of Stephen Curry's team when he made it all the way to the Elite Eight. I mean... It's it's just, it's like a Cinderella team. I mean, you expect the Dukes and the Carolinas of the world to be able to make it that far. But Davidson College um, was able to do that, and that was really, really cool. Um, and, I, and we're so beyond thankful for Coach McHilp willing to hop on our podcast. So thank you, thank you so much. Guys, thank you so much for hopping on the Twins Take Podcast. If you have any questions, ideas, DMs, um, please feel free to DM us on the Twin State Podcast Instagram or email us at the Twin State Podcast at gmail.com. Guys, go watch some basketball, some football, um, and have a great week. God bless you guys. Peace.